I'm Afshin Rutansi, and welcome back to Going Underground, broadcasting all around the world from the UAE as millions face starvation in Palestine. Today, protests are being held all around the world against the UK-US EU nation-armed genocide in Palestine after tens of thousands, mostly women and children, have been killed by NATO nation weapons. It comes after the fatal demonstration of one US Air Force soldier this week, Aaron Bushnell. He set himself on fire outside Washington's Israeli embassy, shouting free Palestine with his dying breaths as Israeli security aimed a gun at him. All this as Joe Biden pledges more billions of dollars from the USA to Israel to carry out the genocide. One journalist who tries to hold the U.S. to account is Saeed Arakat, Washington bureau chief for Al-Quds newspaper. He joins me now from Washington, D.C. Thank you so much, Saeed, for uh, coming on the show. Millions demonstrating, as I said, all around the world today against this uh, war in Palestine. Um, tell us what it's like to be in that State Department briefing room. People can watch that on, uh, on the Internet, uh, your questioning of Biden's representatives. I mean, you're, you're asking questions of representatives of alleged co-conspirators in genocide. What's it like? Well, thank you for having me, Ashton. I'm honored to be with you on this program. Uh, first of all, I mean, I, I do, I go there every day, basically, because I need to do my job. That is my job. The State Department has always been my beat. I used to go to the to the White House at one point, and I stopped doing that because uh, I get uh, a great deal more uh, from the State Department than I would otherwise uh, from the White House. So, um, first of all, I go there because I need to do my job. Uh, I'm focused on U.S. foreign policy, security policy, uh, and, of course, everything else uh, U.S.-related because, to be quite honest, I'm a one-man show here for my newspaper. So that's number one. I go there with this mindset. You know, I, I need to know uh, what are the uh, dynamics for the day or for the week uh, in, in general so uh, I can uh, probe and see where the U.S. stands uh, on these issues. I don't go there for showmanship, and I definitely don't go there uh, to score points. I quite simply go there to ask my question and be able to write about it. But, of course, you're there with uh, other journalists, and you witness, when you talk about showmanship, Joe, John Kirby was there, uh, I think, um, say, a month ago, giving some briefings. He's now moved on to the White House giving them. And you see Matthew Miller, and you've seen, I don't know whether it's showmanship, I wonder whether it's genuine, uh, the pain in their faces as they talked about the events of October the 7th. How do you right. compare that to the pain they show in their faces when we're talking about, uh, well, now, Millions, obviously, facing famine in Gaza, but uh, before then, the tens of thousands, mostly women and children, being killed by American weaponry. Yes, uh, a difference of day and night, no doubt about that. You know, I uh, was a, a spokesperson for the United Nations in Iraq, so I know that this is not an easy job for any person to sit and uh, you know, basically be a mouthpiece uh, for the for for someone. Um, uh, more so for the government of the United States of America uh, that has a very aggressive policy all throughout the world. It has 700 bases all throughout the world. It has a number of wars that are ongoing. So they, are, they have a plate full of priorities uh, uh, all to, you know, to, to do the, the betting uh, on behalf uh, of their government uh, 
uh, doings everywhere, everywhere. For me, for the Palestinian issue, which I, I focus on, uh, definitely the United States of America is complicit in this war. I mean, it's, uh, uh, it never shies away from saying that uh, we are 100% behind uh, Israel. They supply them um, with weapons, with, um, with money, uh, with ammunition. You know, um, they ensure that Israel has enough ammunition to continue uh, committing its genocide against the Palestinians, and they provide them with political cover, as we saw uh, when um, the United States uh, basically vetoed uh, a call for a ceasefire. So, uh, on the one hand, as you, as you mentioned, there is a very strong and emphatic and very sympathetic uh, and so on, on on behalf of Israel, and there is uh, always almost dismissive uh, posturing um, towards the Palestinians. Uh, we saw this uh, uh, when uh, the president himself and his spokespeople all throughout, whether in the White House or in the State Department, basically dismissed the numbers of Palestinians killed. You know, they said this is uh, exaggerated. So that is a total dismissive um, uh, attitude towards the life of Palestinians. So uh, you know, you, you you have to approach it with an open mind because uh, you want to see. Uh, what lurks uh, in the back of their mind? What, what's going to happen next? How long will the United States keep uh, its support, its uh, you know unequivocal support of this Israeli genocidal policy? So uh, that is the motive behind uh, my questions, and that's how I read uh, what they say back to me. Do you think other journalists in the room believe it when far from uh, your, uh, your view of uh, these, uh, these actions? the uh, representatives of the Biden administration say, no, no, it's we that want peace. It's we that want the Palestinian two-state solution. We want, uh, uh, we're there using leverage uh, for negotiations to save the babies of Gaza. Uh, do you think, uh, I mean, clearly you, you're not uh, persuaded by that, but are there people in that room that really think that that's the case? Well, my colleagues in the State Department are well-informed. They travel around the world. They accompany the Secretary of State on all his uh, trips. Many of them do every each and every one uh, trip that he... So they know. I mean, you know, they are aware. They know what's going on. They ask the proper questions. Uh, sometimes they, have, they work for different organizations with different priorities and different policies. Um, yeah, so they are, uh, they are uh, aware, for sure. You know, when there is something that is so outrageous uh, um, uh, being said by, let's say, the spokesperson, whether on uh, uh, not not buying or not uh, um, uh, knowing whether uh, an event, a particular event is true or not, when it comes to the Palestinians, like uh, pulling uh, the uh, incubator tubes from babies and so on, as we have seen in many hospitals in Gaza, uh, casting doubt on that, and then you see. Uh, that uh, my colleagues actually uh, do stand up uh, to the spokesperson and they point out to different sources that speak uh, uh, of that. But you're right. I mean, the United States of America supports this war. It has supported it from the very beginning. And it has supported Israel all throughout and has always made, uh, you know, excuses for it um, to doing what it's doing. I mean, let's go back to the killing of uh, uh, the Palestinian-American journalist Shreena Barclay and what they have done to basically cover for Israel. So this is a consistent policy, uh, but they don't get, get away with it uh, a great deal of the time. We, you know, They hold their feet to the fire, myself included, and, and we try to show the, you know, the discrepancy, the, the gap uh, between what they say and what they actually do.
You see, there was some hope one, two, three, four months ago that uh, we were hearing about people not happy with the State Department, uh, Blinken State Department, and there were resignations uh, within the department, uh, presumably reflecting what you were saying there. What is the state of the State Department right now? All the people who opposed Biden's policy gone now. Well, I tell you what, I think the State Department in general, uh, career diplomats, uh, career uh, people that work for the State Department, uh, especially those who focus on uh, the, the war and peace issues, the Middle East and so on, they're fully aware and they know there's a great deal of uh, uh, you know, uh, bitterness um, among uh, employees, high level employees in the State Department. They want an immediate ceasefire, many of them do. We've seen hundreds uh, of them expressed uh, in letters submitted to uh, the Secretary of State himself. We saw that the Secretary of State, uh, Anthony Blinken, responded to those uh, uh, employees. Uh, we see this in the White House. We see this in the uh, Democratic National Committee, for instance. We see this in the USAID. Um, uh, we see it everywhere. We see it in 22 different um, federal agencies basically walked out of the job uh, to protest uh, the ongoing war and to call for a, a ceasefire. So that feeling, absent is still there. It is still uh, and it's getting stronger. And um, the administration is feeling the heat. I mean, we saw um, yeah, on the Tuesday, the 26th, for instance, during the primary uh, on the 27th uh, of the uh, of February, we saw that uh, in the primary in Michigan, uh, uh, the non-committed. Uh, vote garnered something like 25,000 uh, votes, a lot more than was expected, about 15% of the vote. So the Biden administration knows that if it continues uh, down this path, it is actually in trouble in terms of re-electing the president. So they know all of this, and the feeling is still there. And I, in fact, it is getting stronger. Yeah, I'm not sure about USAID and the tweet from Samantha Power, but uh, as you say, as you say, the I mean, Michigan Samantha primaries... Power not Samantha Power notwithstanding, you know. <laughs> but the Michigan primaries, I mean, do the if, I mean, hasn't it been lost already? I mean, you're saying they're maybe they're slowly beginning to understand, but do they not realize that uh, actually the nail in the coffin of Biden's re-election chances is right. in is in Gaza and Jerusalem? Absolutely. I think Gaza is going to be a major issue in this uh, election. I know Americans uh, uh, vote their pocketbook. They, they vote uh, their economic situation. This time around, uh, uh, the American public, especially young Democrats, uh, those under 30, with every poll after poll, it shows that uh, Gaza matters a great deal. Foreign policy matters a great deal. They see, uh, and in fact, older ones, yeah, they see that uh, U.S. Uh, policy, whether in Afghanistan, the way um, yeah, they pulled out in a humiliated kind of uh, withdrawal, uh, they, they say we they see that uh, uh, the folly in the Ukraine war, uh, definitely in Gaza, Gaza uh, sort of engenders a great deal of emotion. Uh, we see it everywhere. I mean, every event, every event that Biden goes to, every elect, uh, election event that he goes to, he encounters protesters that call him Genocide Joe, that call for immediate ceasefire. So this is a, an issue that will continue to be there for months to come. 
even if there is a, a ceasefire, as the, the president suggested um, on Monday, the 26th, when he said that we might have uh, a ceasefire in place uh, by the following Monday. So, uh, you know, with all that, um, uh, still, uh, uh, one perceives, uh, as, again, as we've seen, uh, a poll that was actually published on uh, Wednesday, that the 28th, um, uh, that showed 70%, 70% of Americans, all Americans, Republicans included, uh, want an immediate ceasefire. So yes, it matters. The Gaza war is going to play, uh, uh, going to be big in the 2024 election. Well, as you say, uh, the uh, President Biden with an ice cream uh, on a late night talk show no one really understood what he meant. The Israeli government certainly didn't. Just uh, uh, before we go to the break, tell me about uh, the atmosphere in the State uh, Department briefing room. As you knew about um, Aaron Bushnell, uh, who set himself alight uh, outside the Israeli embassy down the street, Washington, D.C., uh, with his dying words being free Palestine. I know it was censored on CNN, the BBC, other NATO nation media saying he just burned himself outside the embassy, yeah. but uh, without mentioning why? Well, um, uh, in fact, uh, they did, uh, Absin. I mean, uh, both uh, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and in fact, CNN, other news agencies. They belatedly. Began, uh, especially, yeah, belatedly, uh, especially after uh, 48 hours had elapsed uh, on Tuesday, the, the 27, a lot of this stuff was said. They showed, they pointed to uh, the cause uh, of why he emulated himself and, and so on. And the State Department, there was a great deal of sadness. I mean, you know, people are horrified by such action. That is really an extreme um, uh, mode of, uh, of protest. As, as uh, uh, Bushnell himself said right before he, uh, you know, uh, uh, towards himself, uh, so, so to speak. So, yes, and in fact, um, it was asked about in the uh, in the State Department on Tuesday, I believe, after you know, a couple of days had elapsed. And uh, yeah, you know, the spokesman uh, said, but said, you know, he's saddened, he feels for his family, and so on, and all these things. But without a doubt, uh, this is a, a sad thing. You know, it much. Uh, I remember I was around when the Tunisian Mohammed Bazizi did the same thing and sparked a revolution basically in Tunisia. Uh, I remember I'm old enough to remember um, uh, what what, is happen what what was happening during the Vietnam War and so on uh, with the you know Buddhist monks and so on. This is really an extreme mode, uh, an extreme uh, expression uh, of protest and it leaves uh, an, an embittered feeling, a sadness uh, in everybody's uh, mouth. Said Arakat, I'll stop you there. More from the Washington Bureau Chief for Al-Quds newspaper after this break. Welcome back to Going Underground. I'm still here with Saeed Arakat, the Washington bureau chief for Al-Quds newspaper. Saeed, we were talking about uh, what it was like, what it is like to be in that State Department press uh, briefing room in the Biden administration, the dying days of it. Is there a knowledge in that room about Matthew Miller, who you ask questions from uh, every, every day? He used to work with Bob Menendez, who sponsored a U.S. act uh, that uh, said uh, anyone trying to boycott Israel could be sentenced up to 20 years. We know Bob Menendez ended up, uh, you know, in a career uh, done for corruption, of course. And that was Miller's boss. Matthew Miller used to work for right. him, and now he's the one answering questions about alleged genocide. Uh, anyone 
trying to stay clear about, in effect, Matthew Miller, the Biden, Blinken, press department spokesperson's involvement in previously covering up corruption and his bias clearly on the Palestine issue? Uh, well, the spokesperson uh, in general is treated as such, as a spokesperson. Uh, he comes in, we see him as the person who's going conveying to us where the government stands. We pose to him the questions that we think uh, that matter. He uh, either knows uh, uh, these issues and tells us exactly what the American position is, or he comes back to us uh, with these positions if he's uh, unaware of it. We don't sit in judgment of what people do. We see what they are doing now, what they're doing at the moment, what they can say at the moment, whether he gives us the access that we need to have, whether he's uh, uh, cooperative and uh, be all, because also uh, the, the spokesperson uh, definitely speaks on behalf of the government, uh, but also he's like the, the link between the journalists and, and uh, in this case, the Secretary of State. So that's really what focused, uh, we are focused on. We don't look uh, into his background. That is a personal thing. And in all my days, uh, my years and decades of going to the State Department, um, rarely ever I saw uh, a personal issue comes up uh, in, this, uh, in this briefing. My colleagues and uh, myself, I try my best to, to maintain a professional level. And we keep in mind, I mean, you know, in my case, let me say that I don't take um, anything for granted. Uh, I know that calling on any journalist is a courtesy. It is not a right that we have. I mean, the spokesperson. Uh, many other countries don't have this situation. It's a privilege. Uh, many, many other countries, yes. Uh, so it is, uh, you know, we sit there. And, you know, I must uh, also admit that I have been called upon every time. There was not a single day in which I was not called uh, upon to pose my question. So that that's what I... Uh, uh, focus on. I uh, I don't know how I would feel if I am not called upon. I'd probably be a little upset for a day. Yeah, you know? but isn't it getting a bit uh, more blatant? I mean, this week we had, uh, had uh, Matthew Miller say they don't order other countries about, and it took um, Associated Press, which which has not really yeah. covered itself in glory, arguably, in recent conflicts. Uh, their mm. correspondent there saying, well, what, unless you invade them? And then there's laughter. But, of course, there are tens right. of millions that have been killed, wounded, or displaced in these recent U.S. invasions over the past decades or so. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we all appreciate our, our co uh, colleague, uh, uh, Matthew Lee, uh, who's a, a very good journalist and asks a lot of good questions and so on and knows the issues. Uh, but... Uh, we, we mean, uh, look, we know that uh, the government uh, is going to, uh, the government of the United States has always defended itself against its uh, uh, aggression. I, I mean, I remember during the Iraq war and uh, the spokespeople, whether it's Boucher or uh, many others, you know, uh, would, would come, or McCormick, uh, they, they would come and defend this horrific crime. And it was an awful crime. Or during the... Uh, the Libya bombing and, and all these things. So the U.S. is a, an aggressive nation. It has um, uh, a huge interest. It's a hegemon. Uh, it practices hegemony all over the world and in the Middle East, for sure. It has uh, uh, fleets and uh, um, carrier task forces roaming all around. Uh, it is always threatening and blackmailing uh, other uh, countries and so on. So that is the spokesman is going to speak on their behalf. I mean, but yet no one, I mean, say on Ukraine, this phrase that Miller uses and is echoed, presumably in all the talking points, unprovoked invasion of Ukraine. 
I mean, does right, any, right. no journalist in that room believe this phrase unprovoked, which echoes out of European capitals as much as it does right, uh, congressional right. politicians? I mean, it's clearly a word designed to, to uh, misinform. Yes, but, the, you know, I, I tell you what, Afsan, I mean, the issue on Ukraine has been uh, raised many, many times since 2014, since before then, since before then. I mean, I, I'm old enough and I've been going there day after day, uh, and I posed a lot of questions on Ukraine uh, in the past when I had the opportunity. We know, I mean, we know um, uh, that uh, uh, Russia, for instance, tried to avoid uh, going uh, to war. They, they, uh, many times we asked about the point that Russia was right before uh, the war began in, in uh, 2022. Uh, these uh, um, things that were basically dismissed and thrown in the trash can by uh, the American administration and so on. We know there there were many uh, efforts. We are aware of the CIA uh, operations in, in Ukraine uh, way before this war uh, began in 2022. So, no, I mean, they don't get away with it in terms of what they... Uh, they say, I mean, there is always, there's always uh, people that are willing to challenge them, journalists that are willing to challenge them on, on, on these points. Uh, now, uh, I understand um, uh, American corporate media uh, is uh, basically, uh, you know, sub subscribes to uh, the adage that differences stop at the water edge, you know, the, the old American adage and so on. But, you know, some things are so stark. Uh, that uh, they do get probed and they do get uh, pointed out uh, to the spokesman, whoever he is. Except that, say, well, uh, they don't really talk about the beheaded babies, mass rape, and all the propaganda that came out uh, initially after the October the 7th uh, resistance attack. Is that because right. they know that all of you will go, hang on, the evidence isn't there, even though they did so in November? I mean, yeah, uh, they were just lying. Fact, I mean, you know, right, they're, they're plain lying. And, uh, and in fact, when I said, listen, this has been a debunked story time and time again, they say, no, no, it's not a debunked story. When we say about the hospital, the attack of the hospital in, in Gaza, whether it's Shifa or Atli or any of the other hospitals, and they say, well, you know, um, uh, Hamas uses human shields and so on. And they don't really, I mean, the, these are just uh, uh, buzzwords that uh, the Israelis have point uh, in the past, they don't know what the human shield is. It really, it was an invention of the Israelis. They're the ones that used to strap um, Palestinian kids in front of the Jeep to prevent the other kids from throwing stones. So this is an old Israeli tactic. So, but it's really, it's a cover to basically say it's okay to kill civilians, to bomb hospitals, to go in and all these things. And we have seen in one, uh, in, in the case of the hospitals, for instance, in one hospital after the other that it's all lies. I mean, you know, the decapitation, it's a lie. The mass rape is a lie. I mean, you know, and they stick to it for a while. And then, you know, uh, they hope that by not talking about it, it will just go away. And by that time, the lies are already out there. But then Absolutely. give me a sense of uh, whether you think it is the Israeli government running the State Department or the State Department running the Israeli government. Because uh, clearly, uh, they look uncomfortable sometimes when uh, you ask them about um, uh, obvious and clear violations of any principle after 1945. Is it the Israeli government running Antony Blinken? No, I don't think so. I think it's the other way around. The United States, in this partnership between the United States and Israel, America is the bigger partner. America will dictate whatever it wants. So what did we they get out of it? Joke? 
uh, a joke because it's interest. It is the hegemon. It is, you know, Israel is uh, America's baby. They will protect it till the very end. You know, there is a great deal of pro-Israel influence in America. There's a very powerful uh, Israeli lobby. Many, in fact, there are 2025. Yeah, but that's uh, again Israel controlling them. APAC yeah, is no, Israel. No, I, I, no, no. No, but, but that is uh, absent. That is only allowed because the United States of America wants it allowed. And if, if Biden wanted a, a ceasefire, he can do it uh, immediately. I mean, we all remember where in, in 1982 when uh, Reagan, you know, picked up the phone and called the Israeli government, called Menachem Begin, and he said, Menachem, you're going to stop this now. And he stopped it now in 20 minutes and so on. We know that Biden himself, back in 2021, for instance, he called uh, um, uh, Netanyahu, you know, on I think it was May 10 or May 12, uh, 2021, in the last uh, war, um, and he said that uh, you've run out of runway. Enough is enough, and he stopped him. So we know in this partnership, Israel really lives on an American umbilical cord, whether it's uh, by by weapons, by money, by political support, by every which way. Okay, just so finally, to say that the United, yeah, now now the United States may not. Uh, be willing to use its leverage, but it has a great deal of leverage. Well, just finally then, I'm speaking to you from the UAE. Does it not care about what the Saudis, what the UAE think, as the UAE being a co-sponsor of the ceasefire, the initial UN uh, Security Council resolution demanding a ceasefire uh, before the US and I think then the UK vote veto? Do they not care what Saudi Arabia and the UAE think? The United States does not have allies. The United States consider whatever you know those countries that it call its allies basically are client state they provide them with protection and so on so uh, they feel that uh, they can uh, impose their will and they have we have seen them in the past and when they are convinced that this uh, uh, policy is a failed policy because first of all it, uh, this whole war has not uh, given israel the ability to achieve its goals, which is, you know, the decapitation uh, of Hamas, uh, hunting its leadership, um, uh, freeing the hostages by force, and changing the regime. It all failed. So when uh, the U.S. is convinced that uh, this is actually is a failed policy and a costly policy, the U.S. is isolated as a result of this, Israel isolated, but also the United States of America is totally isolated, uh, I think only then it will act. Saeed Arakat, thank you. Thank you. That's it for the show. Our continued condolences to those bereaved by UK-US EU armed bombing in Palestine, Lebanon, Yemen, Syria and Iraq. We'll be back on Monday with former Trump communications director Anthony Scaramucci. Until then, keep in touch via all our social media. If it's not censored in your country, and head to our channel, Going Underground TV on Rumble.com to watch new and old episodes of Going Underground. See you Monday.